I believe he was a halfling rogue. Oh, that's was right. He was a halfling true. rogue. Okay. What kind I'm of used, dungeon I'm master used to are that you? sort of racism. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Uh, the unrehearsed podcast offering you randomized reviews without the bull since 2013. Um, joining me, I have two special guests today. Uh, I've been lobbying to have these guests for quite a long time. My name is Crofton Steers, as you all well know. These two guests, I had to book them weeks in advance through their agents. There's a little bit of back and forth. I feel that it's going to raise the profile of this show considerably instead of those two yahoos I normally have. Um, so without further ado, I would like to introduce my two guests tonight, Michael Hodgins and Bo Schwartz. Guys, how are you? We're doing great. Hooray! It's finally on the show. I'm so excited to be here. So this is what it feels like to be a guest on the show. I know. It's amazing. It's crazy. Uh, Michael, how do you feel? I feel the same as I do all the time. (laughs) Well... You only feel one way all the time? Uh, well, every time I do this show, which is often. Yeah, but now you're a guest. It's different. Oh, right. Okay, normally we're like co-hosts, and now we're guests. Yeah, now I'm demoting you. Also, I'd be curious as to who you talk to, because I don't remember having an agent. Oh, <laughs> really? Uh, it's this guy named Marty. He kept making weird grunting sounds. Anyway, I, I don't – I'm not quite sure. Um, That's an inside joke nobody will get. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, 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 calm yourselves for a second. I just want to draw attention to a historic momentous occasion, which is the fact that we are heading into our second year of good, bad, or bullshit. Yeah, we have a a whole year behind us um, having started this show a year ago, and it's just incredible that we've actually made it this far and done this many shows. Um, so this is amazing. One year uh, on this on when, when this is released, July first. Uh, our first episode was also released on July first, which happens to be Canada Day. That that is kind of interesting. I wonder if we have any more listeners than we do on our very first episode. Oh yeah, for sure. I think maybe we had two listeners on our first episode. That's supposed to be a joke because I always assume we have no listeners. But uh, I'm glad uh, that there are actual listeners. Hello, listeners. <laughs> I just took you seriously because that's your, always your default position. Yeah, there are no, no listeners. No, it's impressive that we've been able to do this. Yeah. So, congratulations, Crofton. Congratulations, Mike, on your ability I, to speak. Well, no, honestly, and congratulations to you, Bo, who've taken on a substantial amount of work over the past past year. And I think it's easy to get excited when something is fresh and new. Everybody sits around the table. It's like, hey, let's do a podcast. This is going to be really fun. But you know, that can easily, you know, can easily waver. And uh, I think a year shows uh, uh, a substantial amount of dedication on behalf of everyone involved. And uh, I think uh, uh, thanks, first and foremost, to our listeners for sticking with us. Uh, we, we love doing it. And we love the fact that you guys are listening. All right. This I think this was a nice loving, but I feel like if anyone's listening, it's not to hear us congratulate each other. Uh, it's to hear us do a topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to get to work. Enough lovemaking. My 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 last the name is now Killjoy. Yes, Mike, Mike Killjoy. Mike the Kill Joy Killer Hodgins. Hey, it's all about business. That's how this podcast got started. Let's 
<laughs> get to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is an anniversary uh, random topic, so I wonder, on this momentous occasion, what will it be? Uh, I feel like this is a bit underwhelming for... <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's, maybe the time of year is right for it. It's superhero movies. Superhero movies. <laughs> well done. So we're celebrating a year with superhero movies. Yeah, like we've done all the, we've done some heavy topics over the year and some fluff topics. And I guess uh, actually, fluff our, topic. our yeah, our first topic ever was sun tanning. So I guess superhero movies is about as deep as that. But it's also summer related. You know, that's when all those superhero movies drop uh, is during the summer. And we talked about summer blockbusters before. Um, but I do. I think that it's worth discussing summer blo- uh, superhero movies because honestly, uh, they are just becoming more and more prominent at movie theaters. And I know, uh, I know that some people love them, some people hate them. So kind of divisive. We'll be interested to hear your thoughts on this fluff topic, gentlemen. I, I'm one of those people. Who what? I, uh, I hate them and <laughs> and I love them because oh, I feel like that. Person. Whenever it is a superhero movie, because there's been some that I've watched and have really enjoyed, and there's been probably more than that that I have left feeling uh, stupider than when I arrived and cheated out of my $20 or whatever it costs to see a movie because of how horrible I thought they were. And it's it's interesting because they, they, sometimes they, they, they seem formulaic, but it's just interesting how how sometimes... They can seem so great and other times just so horrible. Isn't that the same with all movies, though? Uh, yeah, no, I suppose that that is true. Except that this one is like we're talking about a kind of narrow genre. Like it's someone with some type of superpowers or ability or means to do something. But yet the execution of that is sometimes hollow and flat and sometimes feels rich and interesting. And uh, no, I, and you're, you're right that all movies are like that. Some are crappy and some are good. And I suppose that's just a reflection of that. But, but, there, but I, yeah. well, there's an archetype, right? It's a it's a person that's greater than the average person by virtue of a superpower or superpowers in plural. Right. And and it comes from like superhero movies are not indigenous, I guess, to the film world. It's more that there were comic books, which were sort of uh, at least probably at the time the comic books first came to prominence uh, for children or for adults who refused to grow up and were probably mocked and ridiculed as comic book dorks. <laughs> you know, that like it's these fantasies of, of power. And yet um, we find that uh, they're now like in the popular media, like there are superhero movies and there are TV show spinoffs and uh uh, everyone, it's okay. It's permissible for everyone to like a comic, uh, like comics, just generally speaking. And um, I mean, I'm sure it still has some of that, uh, you know, uh, some of that con- those connotations. But it's essentially, I think, that the the common trope of a superhero movie is that it's a person with uh, above average powers who can, you know, affect <laughs> have agency in the world far beyond what you or I. Uh, can have and it's stories about those types of right. people. Now, here's here's the thing. I'm going to be forthcoming with where I stand on this. Um, when when I was a kid, I was really into comic books, Spider Man in particular, um, and uh, and I really really enjoyed 
the fact that they were getting their just due uh, in in film. But now I've kind of reached a point where I'm like, okay, it's getting crazy. And uh, and it's getting crazy, not just film, but now it's moving to TV. You're seeing there's this new uh, Batman show, Gotham. There's Aeroflix. It's just done this big deal with Marvel to have like Daredevil and uh, Nick Cage and all this sort of stuff um, come come to Netflix. Uh, so it's exploding. It's still continuously exploding. It essentially started, and I'm not going back to the, the uh, original Batman and Superman movies, but the boom started in 2000 with the first X-Men movie, followed the year later, I think, with the, the mega hit first Spider-Man movie, and has just been exploding. Now, when I was a kid, uh, and I was reading uh, comic books, um, and this is one thing, because I still read comic books, and uh, it, one thing about comic books is it's all the same characters experiencing the same stories and adventures and that sort of thing. Um, and like, so superheroes have been prominent. They have been the chocolate ice cream of the superhero world uh, of the comic book world they're like movies they're like uh they're like books you could have comic books about anything but for whatever reason 90 percent of comic books have always been about superheroes right they've just risen to the top and it shouldn't really be surprising that that's now happened in movies like now think about think about the the um the laziness required to put together hollywood movies during the summer it used to be disaster movies it used to be like big movies with big stars they'd have to come up with sort of concepts that like this is a big hollywood summer movie and now it's like oh we can just we have superheroes we can just add a number next to it and just do another superhero another superhero oh here's another superhero we haven't done let's do him oh hey let's reboot the one we just did in yeah like in and and i feel like like what that tells me or I think anyone is the fact that Hollywood is risk averse is and I don't think this is news sort of to anyone it's I always had had thoughts of Hollywood as this kind of creative industry but that's really nonsense it's just a, a, a dollars and cents business and so if you can make a movie with a pre-existing audience uh, which is what comic book deli- comic books deliver, uh, th- then it's simple. And especially comic books, if you look at a comic book, it's basically already, because uh, it's a visual medium to begin with, it's basically they have a pre-storyboarded movie, for God's sakes. So it's so easy for them. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm a little bit critical of the movie industry because of that, because essentially they're not, taking the, they're not taking as many risks anymore. What they're doing is just cycling through someone else's creative content to, to pump money out of us. And I think, you know, as someone who has enjoyed comic books, I, I appreciate it to a certain extent. But then there's another part of me which is is just literally getting fed up with it. Like, I cannot stand Batman movies anymore. I mean, for the love of God, every actor in Hollywood has played Batman. And you're just so sick of them. Even though some of them have been very well executed. It's just like, get a new idea already. You're supposed to be a creative industry. And I just feel like what they're doing is just... And because there's so much content in the comic book world, they could they, we're going to be 50 years into this and they reboot things as you say croft and like i mean rebooting spider-man after how many years like it is it, i feel like this is the type of thing that makes me feel stupider like i mean i went to see other spider-man movies i'm like i'm not gonna go to see a new spider-man movie. it was only a few years ago they did the other ones it it it, it just shows that hollywood to me has run out of ideas and all they wanted is money 
Um, and it's funny about that because, like, uh, just to give you a background to this movie, and this gives you perfect understanding of, of the, the dollars and cents behind it, is that w- at one point, believe it or not, superheroes were a long shot. And they, were, they were not a, a sure bank money thing. It was taking a risk on superheroes, and Marvel uh, was close to bankruptcy. Now it's owned by Disney, billion-dollar-plus valuation. They were close to bankruptcy. And so what they did is they licensed out to different – Distributors to they licensed Spider Man to Sony, they licensed the Fantastic Four and X Men to 20th Century Fox, all this sort of stuff, right? Before they got into making movies themselves. And those companies will lose the rights to those characters if they don't pump out X amount of movies within a certain time frame. So that Spider-Man reboot, for instance, and just to put in perspective, I've seen The Amazing Spider-Man 2 yet. Now, that doesn't sound like a big deal for most people, but for a guy like me who was total Spider-Man nut, it is huge that I have actually not gone to see, made any effort to see this movie yet, uh, and probably will not see it until till it's out. But Sony rebooted the Spider-Man franchise because they were going to lose the rights to that character if they did not. Uh, And uh, that to me is testament to like how much these studios have invested in the superhero movement right now. Yeah. Well, um, it's not only, I think that they've invested a lot in the superhero movement. It's, it's that um, like more to what Mike was saying, just like, why do they pump these things all out? And I think, I think you know Hollywood has creative or smart people in there, but it you're it is a business, and when you're looking at you know these superheroes are very readily identifiable like tropes like Spider Man in his costume like like there's a there's a market for stories that are around things that are easily recognizable. I know it's not a superhero thing, but we we had a show about zombies and and some people just love zombies. They love zombies so much that once a year they put on zombie makeup and walk around like zombies and get married as zombies and all kind and so I think superheroes are 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 definitely have that sort of um readiness that that the, the very quick cultural understanding of what they are, like what's what is Superman? What does he represent? What are his stories like? And so it's very easy to market something like that. And I think um, there are some creative people who take, you know, the X-Men movie is a good example. I think that could have been just a bunch of people in pajamas shooting each other with lasers, um, which maybe the third one was like that. But the first one and, and maybe arguably the second one. And I actually saw Days of Future Past too, and it was quite good. Um it's that you know they they want to put something in there that isn't simply just pandering to the audience uh so they do things like humanize the characters and write storylines that uh you know um give them uh, a humanity that we feel we can you know enjoy enough of the story um without needing to just be into people in pajamas uh so i think i think like if if superhero superhero movies weren't big and and Shakespearean tragedies were big, then we'd be here decrying like, oh, another Shakespeare film in the theater. I'm so sick of Shakespeare films, you know. So I think there's something about superheroes right now that that um, we find captivating and like hearing their stories. But but I think it's like captivating. I think I think that's a bit of a. I mean, people do like them, uh, but it's also like that's what they're giving us, right? Um, those are what where the money is being poured into, and and also it's interesting. I just want to touch on the uh, the technological aspect. Like when when we were kids in the eighties, uh, you know there there were superhero movies, but they were just 
lame. I remember hearing rumors about a Spider-Man movie that existed and they could never find it, but apparently it's horrible. Um, and uh, so, so now, like, because of technology, because of special effects, any the sky's the limit. So for sure, uh, technology has allowed these things to come onto the big screen, and there's something great about that. I, I guess what I would just say is that, like, I think, and and this, you know, thinking of the whole co- Comic Con sort of uh, area of interest that, that that's big these days. So things like. Uh, say Star Trek or Star Wars. Now, those those are both stories and uh, franchises that emerged on screen. Like that's where they started with someone's creative endeavor made for film. So George Lucas wrote a screenplay, made Star Wars movies. I'm all for more Star Wars movies being being made. That's that's where they live is is in film. But in a way, I'm a, the the thing about the superhero movie is that it's pulling people away from comics. Now, I think that maybe it's doing a lot to bolster the comic industry as well. But what I would say, and having spent a lot of time reading comics, um, is I think that for you know uh, kids and younger people, they're, they're sort of, they encourage uh, literacy because you're doing a lot of reading. There's pictures there to draw you along and make it visually interesting as well. But uh, if you can just, you don't have to read through the Spider-Man canon. You can just go and watch the movies over and over again i know there's they're not quite the same in terms of depth but i think there's something lost if if you're interested in something like spider-man or x-men you don't have to read anything anymore because there's so many movies out there and that I, I just am a little bit like i wish that there was more hollywood taking risks on the same types of things except instead of just stealing pre-existing content and i mean i, I won't say it's not just comics they do it you know there's lord of the rings there's a harry potter series they steal from all sorts of things but once upon a time, there was a lot of creative first-time things happening there, and I just think that's less and less. It's more like the art film, Coen brother type people who do anything new, and and everything else is a blockbuster, is pre-existing content, and I think that's yeah. just a bit sad for Hollywood. It, it is. It is a bit sad. Uh, it is a bit sad for Hollywood in in that. But it's always, to a certain extent, it has always been um, that way. Uh, as long as I can remember, there's always been like. Uh, um, uh, movies during the summer that are essentially corporate uh, advertisements for toys or or whatever. Um, I mean, the fourth Transformers movie opened this past weekend, right? Like, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of junk. And what I like about the superhero movies, and superhero movies are now, we can talk about them as a genre, right? So there's some superhero movies I absolutely dis- dislike or have little interest in. And there's some that I think are are pretty awesome. Like I, everybody's got their favorites or whatever. But what I think is so cool now is like I also saw Days of Future Past uh, with the X Men, and I and I also have seen the Avengers, and um, and and those two movies uh, I think are really really awesome in that they bring together a series of. Um, and all this established throughout other other films in sort of like a comprehensive and epic way. And I, you know, I haven't even aside from maybe Star Wars, and that's 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 a maybe because Star Wars is telling more of, of a series, one story in multiple in multiple parts. Whereas whereas the superhero films are putting together uh, uh, individual, often individual stories, but made up of characters taken from. So they're creating a comprehensive and detailed world often, and there's more than one right now. The X-Men have one, the Avengers have one, and this sort of thing. Um, and I find that's really impressive and really enjoyable. And I think that like when you go see a TV show, when you watch a TV show, and one of the reasons I think TV is 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 kicking movies uh, in the ass right now is because when you watch 
watch uh, a TV show and the quality is next episode, you know all the characters. You can watch the next episode of a show. You get introduced to the characters at the beginning, the situation at the beginning of the pilot or whatever, maybe the first couple of episodes. And then you can like just digest over and over again and be like, oh, this is a new episode. I know these characters. I know their foibles. I know how things go. And now I find that superhero movies allow – so I can go in – I can go into a next Men movie and I don't need to be told every time who Wolverine is. I sort of know him from previous movies and that allows them to go technically to more interesting places with those characters. Um, and, and some of the movies that I get fed up with the most are the ones that take the easy way out and just retell the origin story of that superhero over and over again. And like how many times do we need to see Spider-Man getting bit by a radioactive spider or Superman falling from the sky? We get it. But the the actual answer to that question of how many times is how many times someone will pay for it. And that comes back to this the cynical aspect of this, of like I don't see any reason why they're not going to just keep rebooting, keep retelling stuff because we're all just going to keep – keep playing and, and and in truth if they have this in cycles long enough you know 10 to 15 years between reboots it's where essentially you're just tapping a new generation uh, maybe the technology has increased and things look better and 3ds come along more etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you're just like what what's even the point of of uh, of movies as a as a as a creative platform they're, they're not contributing anything new all the all it becomes is an interpretive medium it's no longer a creative medium well i mean it's creative in the way that it interprets uh, other other people's creative work, but I think that there's a lot of room. Like I think there's room for both. There's room for Hollywood mo- uh, for block superhero movies for sure, but I just like to see maybe a little less of them and a little more Hollywood putting forth their own things, giving scre- screenwriters a chance to put forth something new and see how it flies instead of just making them rewrite what someone else has already written. I th- but I, I think a lot of like what superhero movies are offering, um, because film is always, as much as it's been a story, like a, 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 a dramatic medium for storytelling, it's also been, uh, you know... It, the spectacle of film has always played a big part in attracting ticket sales. So I think of like old timey movies with the train coming at the screen and everyone's freaking out because it's like they're really being run over by a train. Um, we don't really get off on that kind of stuff, but uh, the feature of all, um, I say all, there must be exceptions in there, but the feature of all, if not most, uh, whether good or bad, superhero movies is special effects. Are oh my god! Look what this guy can do, and really, um, kind of just special effects pornography. Like it's you know maybe it's integral to the storytelling, and the cleverer ones do that. And then there are some that you know maybe don't rely as heavily on special effects. But the the point I'm trying to make is that they do rely on spectacle. But the film the film form is you know it's an evening of film. Uh, films have unlike television, which are sort of Television probably has more in common with comic books than movies inherently because, you know, they're they're serial. They keep going and there's an ongoing storyline. But um, to get the kind of money it takes to do these this ridiculous spectacle, you know, that's the province of the the big blockbuster film. And I think that's where the two get married really well because you can have a huge budget for basically an hour and a half of movie time, and then you can do all this crazy stuff. And then every year it's got to get crazier and crazier what they do with the special effects and that would you know lead me sort of my to my chief criticism is like i enjoy a good superhero film i'm not 
I don't want to come off as pretentious and say I'm above enjoying the spectacle of movies, but certainly none of the best movies or greatest movies are great because of their special effects. Um, you know, they're there to, to sell popcorn and to be enjoyable. And, um, you know, as, as I really, cause it's hard to draw that line about what's a superhero movie and what's just a comic book movie. But like, I enjoy a movie like V for Vendetta, you know, and arguably the character is sort of superhuman and, and not, you know, but it doesn't fit into the trope of like, I've got superpowers and I have a villain and, and a very linear storyline. That, well, uh, yeah. that, that's but that's an amazing movie. So that's that's one of the I put that in the category of the superhero movies that I that I think is great. But it's it's borrowed from I mean Alan Moore, who's a great comic book writer and who has pushed the genre a lot more than some have. Uh, and I think it was Crofton talking about that it is a broad. You have good and bad with all types of genres, and the same is true of uh, of. Of superhero movies, some of these some some things are, are deep and uh, introspective and complex, and some things are just uh, popcorn fluff. And I mean, when you were talking about Bo with the with the with the special effects, I, I have a bone to pick with special effects because I think initially when when it when it came along and we, they really started to do good CGI, it was pretty mind-blowing how you could visualize some of these things that only existed in imagination before. And that was a, it's a revolution in, 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 in filmmaking. But it's gotten to the point, and it didn't take very long, for me anyways, to, to just have, have been its overkill and it's lost its effect on me to a certain extent, which I think, like anything, it always comes back to if you don't have good storytelling, if you don't have a solid story, the thing's going to fall flat even if you have $200 million in CGI effects. And for me, that was a little bit uh, apparent on the, the last um, um, installment of the Iron Man movies. Uh, I really loved the first Iron Man. It surprised me a lot, and I thought it was, it was really great the third one at the it was just i remember just thinking like this is this is dumb i feel stupider for watching this even it's like an advertisement for industrial light and magic or something well it was just like there was so much spinning cameras and constant cgi and it, it was just losing all sense of like and and all of the stuff you you know there's a certain there's a degree of, of suspension of disbelief but it's become so overboard. There's so much going on. There's so much flying in your face that I'm just like, okay, I'm 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 done. Like this is which just is, this- which is a funny comment because we'll watch like a cartoon and enjoy the cartoon and you know at what point did the, those two get married where you can meld real is like an actual photograph with animation and still effectively tell a story, right? Like, well, is it well, the think- fault of the effects or the fault of the the people making it using it only to just do Oh, wouldn't it be crazy if we did this? But it really doesn't help put forward any story. Well, I think that the, I think that the drama's lost when there's too much of it, because that's what you know. This, these are dramatic arts, whether it's the comic book form itself or movies. And sometimes when there's just when they just go too soon in with the crazy special effects, uh, it can just sometimes sort of cheapen what uh, what what you're like building to the climax happens often too soon or goes too overboard and and I feel like the the story then gets gets just watered down by spectacle so yeah. it falls flat for me i I sort of agree with what Mike's saying here um I actually really liked Iron Man three and definitely liked it more than Iron Man Two, which I thought was narratively the worst of those three movies. The third one I thought actually was very good except then fell apart in the third act, which is what these movies are prone to do um sometimes because they just blow their special 
special effects budget in the end. And in the end, through three is fairly ridiculous, which was too bad because they had done a lot of good work previous, I thought, in that movie. But I will say, and I will admit to uh, to being much more drawn by superhero movies in theaters, and I have background and interest in them, but like, I had about three – okay, so the, the Grand Budapest Hotel opened on the same weekend as Captain America Winter Soldier, both of which got very good reviews. Um, I saw a bu- both. A bunch of people told me to go see Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, I saw it. Oh, it was so amazing. A lot of people did and I have no doubt that it's probably pretty good. I generally like Anderson films and stuff, so I think that uh, I would probably enjoy it. But – I was much more interested in seeing Captain America Winter Soldier, which incidentally is an awesome movie. I think part of that is, is A, because I know it's going to be much more easily digestible, but B, also because it's part of a world of characters that I know and enjoy. Um, and uh, and uh, whereas, uh, you know, the, I, I know Anderson's films in particular sometimes take it or leave it on some of the characters and this and that. But also because it, you know, the superhero, the superhero movie is going to be a movie that's much more of an experience to see on the big screen. Um, because let's face it, ticket prices are expensive. You're going in to see the movies. We're at the age of Netflix. People have big TVs. Why would I go to the theaters to see a movie that will be out in a few months if I'm patient on on DVD or, or Blu-ray or whatever uh, that I would get the exact same experience on like Eddie or or Captain America or whatever that are that are taking full advantage of being on on the big screen? I like seeing those movies in theaters because I may never be able to again. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I I've, I saw both of those movies and I enjoyed both of them, but um, you know the one thing that it's like it's like the comment you made about you know ticket prices are expensive and I want value for my money and so the value goes with uh, you know Captain America which has the has arguably the more complex more oh, oh lose my shit special effects um, but I would argue is 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 nothing out of the ordinary there's a good guy and then there's a bad guy and the bad guy has to die and it's just how we get from point a to b that tends to vary but you know it, it's it's a very similar story whereas like you know grand budapest hotel was just it was a story but it was just something unusual and different and unexpected um but you know it's it's curious how we 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 don't make there aren't lots of movies like grand budapest hotel and arguably you know, a lot of people could be trying to make great movies and don't succeed. And every now and then someone really strikes at our hearts or our nerves. Whereas like it's old, good old reliable superhero movie. We know what's going to be there, but um, I don't know. It's well, it's, yeah. I have something to add to this okay. kind of like this kind of contrast between those two particular films. Cause I think I was uh, like Crofton, but I went the other way. So those two movies came out and I had enjoyed, certainly enjoyed the Avengers movie. And uh, I, I didn't love the first Captain America movie, but I didn't, I don't think I didn't, ha- I didn't hate it either. But I have been very disappointed with some um, superhero movies. So for me, that, 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 that every time I see one in theaters, I'm like, oh, oh, I hope it's not crappy because sometimes they've left me really feeling di- really disappointed of like, oh, it could have been so good. And they just, ruined it uh and and so so when i saw those two movies i was kind of like well i can go with with this with this what, what i consider at this point almost to be a generic superhero movie that hollywood keeps pumping out because there's always a new one or i could go with something like grand budapest hotel which is 
which is which is Hollywood taking a chance. I mean, Wes Anderson is. I haven't loved all his stuff, but it's certainly he's developed his own style. He's certainly taking creative risks for for Hollywood. And I remember just thinking, like, well, I, I don't know what to expect with one, and I. I know what to expect with the other and then but then to me that knowing what to expect means flipping a coin to me it's really a 50 50 chance if they've butchered this the existing content or if they've actually done a good job presenting it so i went with that i took the chance and i really didn't regret it grand budapest hotel i thought was was delightful movie and to me what hollywood should be doing should be taking risks on but um anyways it was it was that is a good contrast to to kind of end off like but did, uh, do you guys have more to add to this, or should we well, get into some? Verdicts? We should get into verdicts. I'm just curious, like if you guys have a favorite superhero movie, you know, just to- yeah, I'll I'll go with mine, and it's funny because this one got uh, though you brought up V for Vendetta, and that is high high on my list. But I think that it's one of those ones that's a little less superhero-y uh, air quotes. So I'm going to go with Watchmen, which was I think quite panned um, by a lot of critics. But I thought extremely well executed. Maybe that's because it was very true to the comic. But I just thought it was uh, an epic experience. And maybe because the uh, the tone of the movie is a commentary on super on superheroes that that, that had that added layer for me. But I just thought they did a, an excellent job presenting on screen what was a great graphic novel. Yeah, that's, so that's my number. That's one. That's like my number two. Crofton favorite superhero movie. It's your number one if that's your number two. Oh, V for Vendetta. Hey, we're like reversed. <laughs> you guys are like Alan Moore fanboys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's good. You like him too. So I do. I've read a lot of Alan Moore, but at the same at the same point, I find neither of those movies um, like they're both good. But uh, I think one of the reasons they go back to the well of making superhero movies is they're always trying to perfect that movie. Like there was there's been about five Batman movies before the Dark Knight came along, but the Dark Knight is the best Batman movie. Dark, Dark Knight is really good, and and it took a long time to get there. And I would say that I much prefer the, uh, the V for Vendetta, both of which were adaptations of stories that I had already read and, and were I, – I preferred the, the versions that I, I had read, although I still enjoyed uh, both those films. Whereas The Dark Knight – and those are the two types of, uh, of, of superhero movies. They're straight-up adaptations uh, like you would of a novel. And then there's the sort of like taking the themes from characters and, and personalities of characters. Uh, characters and creating a storyline for the films. I often like those more just based on the fact that I don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, technically, like from event to event, where Watchmen literally at one point was doing like panel by panel, like Mike mentioned the storyboarding thing earlier. So it was like not not very much of a surprise, although very pleasing to see those characters on the big screen and that. I'd say mine was. Uh, I've already said man guy, but I definitely uh, I definitely like that. I also like the Avengers and. Uh, I liked um, – I, I honestly, Captain America, the Winter Soldier would be up there as well. It's telling that this huge Spider-Man fan isn't listing one Spider-Man movie as uh, as as his favorite. And people often point to Spider-Man 2 as being the the best Spider-Man movie. But I, I didn't even really it's, it's a get good, into that one that much. It's, it's a good point that you mentioned that uh, you know the films that Mike and I chose kind of almost fall in that graphic. Like they are about superheroes, but they're not – I don't know. They're, it's very iffy if you can consider them superhero well, movies. The in thing a way. Is, I consider them super. Sorry, Mike. I consider them superhero movies. No question. No oh, okay. question. Okay. I, what I what I'm saying is that they're adaptations of something like the Harry Potter movies or adaptations of the Harry. Well, that's what I mean. It isn't. It isn't a. Uh, 
like it isn't a trope or a character uh, they're they're interpreting. Well, they are interpreting. They're displaying a character uh, and interpreting a character, but they're adapting wholesale a story arc that's been presented in another medium with very very minimal changes. The only one that I really liked like that, and this isn't a superhero movie, but it's a graphic novel movie, is the first Sin City movie, and they're making a second one that's going to come out soon. I really enjoyed that one, and it was like really true. I don't know why, maybe because of the graphical look. Yeah, yeah, they, they did a good job. And see, I'm more on that side. Like, I want to see if they're going to represent something that that exists in comic. I kind of want it to be true. Because when I've seen, like, a lot of the sort of tweaks and changes that they've made to, say, the Lord of the Rings really irked me uh, because of the books. I was like, oh, you know, and I had these ideas and then they got changed. And so maybe that's why. Maybe I'm more like that. I'm more a purist to the to, – to, to the, uh, the, uh, uh, source material then then when I want to I don't want to if I want to see someone interpreting stuff it's like it's not Hollywood I mean they've proven they can make they can ruin a lot of stuff so I don't really necessarily want to see some random screenwriter uh, new take on it though I'm sure there's tons of examples of them doing really good jobs and I did like a lot of I did like a lot of the ones you mentioned too Croft and Avengers I thought was excellent just quickly I'd like can we do a little round table we don't have to go into details of what's your worst superhero movie I'll, I'll start mine's <laughs> Thor I, I thought it was horrible uh, yeah well yeah, yeah okay uh, that's just like worst well i'm just putting it out there i just i couldn't stand it i thought it was so flat the acting was horrible uh, and even though the thor thor was cast well it's just like oh gar i hated it anyways i don't know there's so many they're, they're, they're like there's so many that were like could have beens but they're not so bad that i would put them in bad i'm sure i'll think of it later but i can't think of one i definitely have one and see the thing is why i wouldn't agree with thor is is uh is it i never thought thor was that uh, great a character and so it wasn't that much of a heartbreak but for me it was daredevil and uh <laughs> oh, okay good good the, choice <laughs> and the reason is is because daredevil is friggin' awesome if you like there's a beat about four creative team runs on the comic book lately that have been amazing and for whatever reason the film was horrible so anyway i'm glad netflix is going to be relaunching it as a tv series i think it'll do well but that was definitely my worst <laughs> All right, should we do some verdicts? Cause yeah, we can keep going on this. I'm All sure. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna go first, um, and I'm I'm gonna go with uh, superhero movies are good, and the reason is that you know the snooty side of me wants to say they're narratively bankrupt for the most part. Although Crofton made a good point about how they're you know they're always sort of retelling and trying to perfect a story. Um, I would say that I've enjoyed the majority of superhero movies I watch, but I would classify 80% or more of them as as bad and barely worth my time. And usually what I'm enjoying of it is the celebration of the character or the spectacle that's a part of it. Like, I find things to enjoy about it, so I'm going to say they're good, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not... If superhero movies disappeared tomorrow, I don't think I'd weep uh, at all. But uh, um, I enjoy them, and there are some definitely some good examples of of that kind of fiction. And maybe one day we'll really have superheroes uh, in the world. You never know. Yeah, I, I uh, if they went away tomorrow, I'd be sad. I will say that I really do like. Uh, I've liked at least. I don't want to say 50%, but I enjoy the characters. I enjoy superhero movies in general. And when compared to a lot of the other sort of like Twilight, Transformers, other stuff, like I I much more err on the side of superheroes. That said, and like have we been having this podcast conversation? I want to say two years ago even, I would have been right with Bo. Okay, like good. I love them. You know, superheroes, awesome. So many good superhero movies. 
but we have now reached the point where even I am like, okay, there's too many superhero movies. The fact that like, and I don't go see that many movies in theaters. The fact that, that when I went went to go to see the movies in theaters, in one theater it was Spider-Man 2, the next theater was X-Men Days of Future Past, and the next theater was Captain America the Winter Soldier all at the same time I was like okay somebody needs to hold up and I understand that it's making money and Mike made some great points about sort of the narrative bankruptcy some of these uh, uh, films have there's been some great ones we all have our favorites and stuff like that so I don't want to say it's wholesale bad and I really hope it sticks around at least in some capacity if maybe a lesser capacity I think overall due to all the the oversaturation the 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 eye on the bottom line uh, all that sort of stuff I'm gonna have to say superhero movies are bullshit it feels like we're in a parallel universe right now this is weird I said good and you said bullshit Mike you're up um Yes, so uh, superhero movies are a big pile of bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna get ready to it. Crofton raised a, lo- a lot of the points that I that I would agree with. With the just you know the uh, Hollywood's dry well, and they'll just take anything that has an existing audience to make to make a buck. I I can't go as far as saying they're 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 all bad because they're not all bad. Some of them are really entertaining. Some of them are really well executed i just think it's a bit overkill and i think it's kind of uh hollywood they're doing themselves a disservice by not making more um first run creative stuff themselves i think they're just relying on other people for the creativity and they don't have any they're just a, a business and that's unfortunate for them the one thing that i would hope that comes out of the tons of superhero movies that are out there is that i I would hope that it draws especially younger viewers into reading some of the source material i think that if it went the other way as well which i bet to some extent it does then i really think that's a good thing because there's a lot of material there there's really good stories and i really do think it's it's for a lot of kids it's a first step into just making reading a part of your everyday life in a really accessible and fun format so i hope it goes the other way too but the movies themselves bullshit for me all right so uh two bullshits and a good um i, I just th- want to i want to say about mike's reading thing i think that's a good point and i think that uh they've said that there has been bleed over marvel has indicated at very, very least there has been bleed over on readership so people are not everybody obviously but people are seeking out some of the comics and yeah, that so yeah like it's, it's good news it's not superhero related but the walking dead got me reading the walking dead comic book like and i like the comic book much better um the one thing i did want to say too is we said a lot in the show feel bad for hollywood and i think i think no one should feel bad for Hollywood. And I think people in Hollywood would say to never feel bad for Hollywood. <laughs> like, isn't it some soul-sucking place of, you know, terrible... Well, well it is, of terrible it, people, like... <laughs> no, look, I, it's not feel, like I'm like, bad, oh, yeah. poor, poor Hollywood. It's more like the, the creative industries. Yeah. Because yeah. there are lots of them. Hollywood's one of them. And I think it's really just selling itself short. And I mean, you know, we did mention Wes Anderson. And and there are still some creative... And a lot of the Coen Brothers movies, creative risk being taken there still. But, meh. Yeah. Creative risks don't always pay the bills or make you filthy rich. Well, that's true. Yeah. And speaking of uh, making you filthy rich, uh, we love to get your filthily rich with excellent comments and insights emails (laughs) so send us an email that was a horrible segue send us an email uh with your thoughts and opinions on superhero movies 
uh, at our email address, goodbadbullet@gmail.com, and we'll read it on the air. Uh, you want to find out more about our show, do you? Well, you can go to our, our site. It's goodbadbull.com. There you can find links to subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, or, or any, we have an RSS link for any old RSS reader that you might be using. Um, and finally, there you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at goodbadbull. Uh, and there's also some voting buttons, so you can cast your vote on whether you think superhero movies are good, bad, or bullshit. All right, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show, guys. Crofton, if our lovely listeners want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they find you? They can find my one-line superhero movie reviews at Crofton Steers on Twitter. And Mike, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're up to, our they just want to find you. Where can they find they you? They can find me in my basement writing a screenplay adaptation of Bone. A great graphic. <laughs> Actually, I hope that never gets made into yeah. a movie. No, <laughs> yeah. It's just, CG, it's CG. Just, it just needs to be a comic, and it is the greatest comic you will ever read. It's and amazing. let your kids but, read I mean, it. Honestly, it's amazing. They, they could ruin it one day. <laughs> yeah. I bought I bought the enti- uh, one book entire complete edition for my sister for her birthday. She loves it. It's great. Yeah. All right. Um, now, just to take us out, I do have one question to ask the group – Roundtable style, since we're doing roundtable styles today. Uh, if you could have a superpower, what would your superpower be? It's easy, easy. Flight. Flight? You, oh, man, you stole mine. I'd go with flight, too. <laughs> how, well, how could you not? When I was yeah, that's person, always the well, question. Well, what about, like, you... x-ray vision? Like, oh, x-ray, what... screw that. If you could fly, why would you take x-ray vision, God? Also lean, and, and I know people will poo-poo this on immortality. Oh, uh, that's is that a power? Yeah, for sure it is. There's Are you talking of, like super healing Wolverine style, or do well, you mean just like, like actual ne- never die, never aging, never dying sort of thing? See, like, but honestly, remember we talked about this. I think it was in the the uh, the death episode where I, uh, some guy had told me he said it was statistically one hundred percent that if you you get stuck in a hole, you will be stuck in a hole and never be able to get out, or trapped somewhere and never be able. To, so that's your fate if you choose that. So that would be really, I, if I could take a second one, I would probably st- take the whole escaping power, whatever that is. Maybe um, the whole escape. Well, you can't have two. That's why you have to choose one. God damn it! I'd still take immortality. But if he was immortal, 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 he could find a way to imbue himself with other powers. You know, he'd have the time. You know, I'll get totally smashed at your funeral. <laughs> Fuck you. But, <laughs> 